Welcome to another episode of Secret Stories from the Underground. Today we sit down with our good friend Justin. You are going to recognize this voice because he has been the voice actor of so many great characters throughout the years. He has been a part of Hey Arnold, Recess, so many great classic hits and we are excited to sit down and talk with him. Now, if you guys could please, real quick, before the show starts, go follow, like, subscribe the podcast. It will help you keep up to date with the things that we are putting out. Uh, You'll get updates when new episodes come out, and we really appreciate it. We appreciate all the support. Uh, We are happy that we were able to make it to season two, and with your support, we'll make it to a third season. We hope to keep great interviews coming And uh, we hope to just keep this going. It's been a lot of fun. So enough of my bullshit. Let's get to our interview with Justin. This is where the Jeopardy music plays. Can you hear me, buddy? Can you hear us? Justin. Hold on. I got got you, brother. You got us? I got you. All right. Awesome. Hey, I'm here with my co-host, Dean, just so you know. Welcome to the show. How you doing, Justin? Dean. Danny, oh my gosh, you guys rock. I apologize for being late. I had auditions. My agent sends me these last minute auditions and they're like, uh, get him in or we're going to light your ass on fire. So I'm kind <laughs> of, uh, I kind of have to do what they say. Otherwise, no more work for me. <laughs> we, we totally understand that. So. Yeah, but thank you, you guys for being accommodating. I apologize for being late. So you guys rock. Um, do you need me on video or are we just going to just do uh, via audio? Yeah, this is just an audio podcast, man. This podcast is not good by guys that uh, have the face for video. Oh, thank <laughs> God. No, because I did not put on my makeup today. I didn't do my hair. My legs are not shaved. I do not look good. So I'm thrilled to be doing just audio. That's yeah, great, yeah. man. Yeah, we, we got the kind of faces for radio no <laughs> doubt me too me too i'm 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 meant to be behind the microphone <laughs> so let's chat let's get into it let's have some fun where, right, man, way, where, where are you guys based out of we're uh we're currently in omaha nebraska we're getting ready to move to california though, okay so. hold on nebraska are we are, are we recording right now for your podcast or are we just bullshitting yeah we're we're recording okay good so I was in Kearney, Nebraska twice uh, last year because a good friend of mine from Chicago owns a minor league hockey team in Kearney, Nebraska. So I came out to Kearney. I flew from L.A. to Denver, Denver to Kearney, had a fantastic time. I got to tell you, Nebraska rocks. I'm a, I'm a wow. big fan. Wow, Justin, <laughs> you're one of the only people that have ever said that about yeah, I know. I probably am, but I have to tell you, I had a great time. I know you guys want to come to L.A., and L.A. is great, but freaking Nebraska is awesome. I remember I, w- I was in, we were in a bar, several bars, obviously, but we were in a bar in Kearney, and I walk up to the, to the bar to get a drink, and there's a guy who looks pretty big and scary. He's probably 6'5", long hair, big beard. And if you if he was in LA, you know, clearly he would not say anything. He would be, you know, kind of to himself and a little bit scary. I walk up to get a beer and he looks at me and he says, Hi, how are you? I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. So that's Nebraska for you. Wonderful time, <laughs> good people, great fucking steak, great food, great people, great steak, all great, great state all around. I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I, I mean, as far as the food goes, you definitely are correct there. And we uh, do have some good bars. Yeah, there are some great bars. 
The bars are awesome. I mean, we we partied there. I mean, in Kearney, we partied and uh, we flew in. You know, some friends of ours came in from Lincoln and they they drove down to to Kearney. I flew into Denver and flew in from Denver to Kearney. But great time at the bars. Great food. Great steak. Great people. It's awesome. I mean, you know, you're in a, you're in a cool place. I'm a fan. Damn it. Our uh, governor is going to hit you up to do a, a vacation video for us. <laughs> I'm happy to do it. You know, it's it's crazy because in L.A., you know, anywhere else probably from, except for the Midwest, you go to a steakhouse and you never you, – you don't you have no idea where your steak's coming from. It could come from the Midwest. It could come from uh, Australia. It could come from Japan. It could come from anywhere. But in I remember in Carney, they're like, okay, well we, – you know, um, we have a deal with the farm down the street. So, uh, we butcher the cow and the meat is from that farm. And I mean, it was just like unbelievable. The, this, the meat was the best I'd ever had. You don't even have that option here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Don't you guys got like Morton's there? (laughs) Isn't that? Yeah. We, yeah, we got Morton's. We got, we got, uh, Mastro's. We got, you know, Ruth Chris, we got, you know, great steakhouses, but let me tell you something. You walk into that steakhouse, you get a great steak, but you have no idea where the meat is coming from. And it's good meat. I'm not saying it's not bad meat, but I mean, you're in Nebraska and the, the waiter tells you the meat comes from the farm two miles from here. And yeah. you're like, wow, this is exceptional. Yeah. If uh, you get far enough out in the woods, they'll actually let you shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know again. You got to know a guy. You got to, you know what? You got to know a guy everywhere you go. That's, that's the true test. Yeah. That's a real bitch about life, man. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm, I'm stoked to talk to you guys. Let's bullshit. Let's talk about nineties. Let's talk about cartoons. Let's talk about the future, whatever you guys want to talk about. I'm up for it. All right, man. So actually, uh, when did you, uh, get into show business? What inspired you? Oh my gosh. Gosh, we're going back a few days. I apologize. You're hearing uh, a car horn in the background. That's L.A. for you. So when you move to L.A., get ready to get robbed. Get ready for car horns, you know, car jackings. Just a normal, you know, Tuesday. Um, But they finally got, finally stopped. Uh, I got involved because my parents actually met in New York back in the late 70s. And they decided to open a bakery, a French bakery in Los Angeles, uh, in Palos Verdes. And so they opened up this, this bakery restaurant and I was a, you know, baby, a little kid. And I, uh, was there pretty much 24 seven with my parents, obviously, cause they're running this restaurant and customers used to come in and say, Oh, your kid's so cute. Cause I had this big curly hair. He should have an agent. And I think my parents were just sick of hearing the nonsense from the customers and they finally thought, well, let's give uh, let's give our kid a shot and see if he's good at uh, this whole acting thing and if he likes it. So they got me an agent up in L.A. I started auditioning, mind you. So they got me an agent when I was five, five and a half. I didn't get a job till I was six. So for all of you out there listening to this, don't give up. It may take a year, but you got to be five. <laughs> You got to be five years old to start. <laughs> so yeah, so I I got started. I got my first gig at six. It was for a commercial for Mattel, and I was flying. Okay, so this is when I fell in love with showbiz. They put me in a harness to fly. So I was flying in this commercial for Mattel, and they had what's called a craft service table, which is pretty much the food table where they put out for the cast and the crew where they had unlimited snacks and candy. So I was six and I said, wait a sec, I get a fly and I get <laughs> unlimited candy. Uh, this, yeah. is, this is the job for me. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. That's how I got started. Jesus, man. If I wow. was uh, knowing the way that I ate candy when I was a kid, I had died. That, <laughs> right? be talking. Yeah. yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, Jolly Ranchers, Skittles, you know, fruit roll-ups, whatever you wanted. I had it and I consumed it. And I had a lot of cavities. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it it looks like you got your first uh, 
is it I, I I might be wrong here, but it looks like you got your first uh acting gig in around 89, correct? Well, I got my I think my first well Mattel, which I was telling you, was probably in 86. So I, I started doing a lot of commercials, like a lot of actors do. I probably okay. did 50 or 60 commercials as a kid. And then I uh you kind of what's like in gaming, you kind of level up, right? So I leveled up to just start doing guest appearances on TV shows. Um, gosh, I don't know when that was. Maybe in 89. I don't remember exactly. I did Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Who's the Boss, a uh, bunch of guest stars and different television shows. And then um, my first series regular was for Erie, Indiana in probably 91. Okay. Dean, do you have a who's uh, who's the boss question you'd like to get out of the way? Now? Uh, oh, I, I had a great I had a great who's the boss episode. Give me your yeah. question. Shoot. No, well, I you know I don't really have any really appropriate question. I don't think. <laughs> listen, listen, this I, is I, not I, this is not an appropriate episode. So so feel free to hit me up with it. <laughs> oh no, I, I I was the right age at Alyssa Milano. That was my my very first TV crush. And oh, oh she was beautiful. Yeah, yeah she was hey, beautiful. She's, she still is. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, so I will tell you guys. I, no general question there, but okay. you know that that had to be amazing. I'll tell you. I'll tell you an inside uh inside baseball that I, that I've never told anybody regarding who's the boss. So I'm at the callback. Okay. So I'm at the callback. So as an actor for a guest appearance for a television show, you usually go, you go to casting, the casting director who meets you first. Um, you read the sides and if the casting director likes you, then they send you on to the director and the producer. Um, so that's the callback. Uh, and if they like you, then they hire you and you get on set, you get the job. So I'm at the callback and there's a few of us kids out there for this, you know, callback for the job. And there's this beautiful girl who goes in before me to play the girl part in that episode. And I said to my mom, I said, wow, that girl is really beautiful. I would really like to work with her. And I somehow went into the audition and I got the job. So, so I don't know. It wasn't it? What Alyssa Milano obviously was beautiful, but she was probably five or six years older than me. So she was way out of my league. Yeah. And this girl was like the same age as I was. And I thought I just want to be around her and be nice to her and be able to work with her. And that was the motivation to get that job. And I got it. So, oh yeah, that's some inside baseball. But further inside baseball. That Who's the Boss episode was with Tommy Lasorda, and Tommy Lasorda was the manager of the L.A. Dodgers at the time, and he was pretty much a king. He, like, ran L.A. L.A. Dodgers in 89, 90 were amazing because we just won the World Series in 88 with Earl Hershiser and Tommy Lasorda, so that was a really fun episode. Plus, um, Tony Danza, who was, of course, the star – was yeah. a total sweetheart. He got gifts for all of the guest star actors like myself and was just really? the nicest guy. You know, Lisa Milano was a total sweetheart. Judith Light, amazing, amazing cast, amazing crew. Great experience. Oh, that's awesome. That's so awesome. is that a show that you would have liked to uh, been a part of more than? Would you? Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah, Dean would have gotten trouble being around uh, Melissa that much. <laughs> He'd have got me too. The body I think area. I think uh, Dean might have been in the trailer a little too long. <laughs> <laughs> so, how old were you around that time? Around nineteen ninety. Well, I was born in eighty, so in ninety I was yeah. probably ten. Yeah, so I was probably ten. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I was about yeah. ten or so. So. Alyssa Milano, I don't know how old she is. She's probably five yeah. or six years older than I am. So, yeah, she was probably just, you know, a, she was a goddess to me. I probably couldn't even, I couldn't even speak to her. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's, uh, you and I are similar ages. So, yeah, I know yeah. I just fawned over her. I, I wouldn't have been able to talk to her. <laughs> It'd be exactly. really weird to find out that she was into 10-year-olds. So. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very weird. Yes, that totally would be. <laughs> So then when you did uh, Fresh Prince, it was kind of the same thing with Will Smith and that cast. Except uh, I didn't have a crush on Will Smith. Well, no, no. Yeah. No, but so here's, with them being older than you, 
you know? Yeah. Oh, Will Smith was way older. Yeah. So when I did that episode, I was probably 10 or 11 and Will was probably 19 and Will was a prick back then. You know, he wasn't the nicest guy. Um, but you know, you have to realize he was a 19 year old multimillionaire superstar, you know, television actor, rapper, and he just wasn't very friendly. I've heard now I haven't worked with him in, you know, forever. I've heard now he's an amazing guy, total sweetheart. Um, but for me, the fun thing of working on that set was Evander Holyfield. So Evander Holyfield was the heavyweight world champion for boxing. And he was in the episode that I was in. And I remember he showed up in a full black leather suit, black leather pants, black leather shirt, <laughs> and black leather blazer. And I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And he was so cool. He was like, I'm a Vander Holyfield. And I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah <laughs> you are, motherfucker. <laughs> so I had a great time on set. Uh, you know, big props to Will and that whole crew. Will's grown a lot. Amazing actor, brilliant actor. And uh, I already he's a sweetheart now. But for me, the big kind of fun thing of being on that set was actually being around a Vander Holyfield, the heavyweight world champion. So you have some like weird connection to the sports. But... Yeah, I know. Exactly. Which is weird yeah. because, you know, I mean, I was not, you know, I love to play sports. I play a little tennis. I play a little soccer, play basketball, but you know, I'm not six, four, I'm not two eighty. So I was kind of on the sidelines, but uh, you know, what's funny is in, especially in the cartoon world, I tend to play the bullies, which is very strange because I'm the opposite of a bully in real life. Um, and you know, I, uh, I, but I'm connected to athletics and I love, I love sports. I love to watch sports. I wish, I just wish I was better at playing them in person. What, what's, what's your team? Oh, come on. The Dodgers, the Lakers, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, honestly, the Rams, the LA Rams abandoned me when I was a kid. I grew up, my parents had uh, season tickets to the LA Rams, the football team, and then they left us when I was about eight or nine and they went to um, St. Louis. So I hated them. And <laughs> the, the, uh, the Raiders, they were the LA Raiders. They left us, they went to Oakland. So I hated them. So I kind of grew up Chicago bears, uh, uh, 49ers and um, the giants. So those were kind of my football teams growing up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're, <laughs> We're originally from Michigan, so I grew up a Lions fan. Oh, okay. My mom went got, to Michigan. Got University. Disappointment. <laughs> yeah, big disappointment, but amazing running back. One of the, you know, Barry's oh, one of the best of all time. Yeah. And my mom went to University of Michigan. So I grew up a huge Michigan football and basketball fan. In fact, Michigan used to come to LA when I was a little kid to play USC in the Rose Bowl. And I would play, I would wear a Michigan uh, beanie with like a little yellow top, <laughs> you know, the little, <laughs> the little yellow beanie top with the blue and go in the Rose Bowl when I was like six, seven years old. So I love Michigan. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I like, I love the fat five team and yeah, I just, yep. Yep. Michigan was my, Danny was a Michigan state fan, but hold on. <laughs> hold on. That's the enemy. That's the enemy. <laughs> in, in baseball, I'm a Tigers and a Dodgers thing. So when we moved to LA, man, I'll, I'll hit a Dodgers game with you. You know, well, when you guys move before you move to LA, you'll hit me up. Obviously, we'll hang out in person. We'll go see. You know, I'll take you because you gotta go. You gotta all, hit all the food spots in LA because you guys have. You know, you're coming from a great food town in Nebraska. You know, great food state. So I'll take it all the local food spots. We'll go to a Dodger game. We'll go to a Laker game. I'll introduce you to the LA sports scene. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, man. That's not awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. right up our alley. Sure. So, so uh, back to your career, man. So we get into the 90s, and you kind of get into doing voice work, it looks like. You're on Batman. Yep. Uh, Captain Planet. What is this Hey Arnold 24 Hours uh, to, to Live? Was that a pre- thing to hey arnold or did that come out after i don't know that's probably an imdb 
I have no idea what you're talking about, but <laughs> okay, yeah, no, it's 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 in the the notes here. It's it's okay. very reasonable. Yeah, no, I, I, it, it I, says I that you were you were Harold and Stinky. Possible, who knows? But I will tell you that the uh, getting the Hey Arnold job. Uh, how's that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. so I remember. I so I I. My agent sends me out to audition for Hey Arnold, and I go meet Craig, the creator, who's a sweetheart, great guy, really talented, and he gives me a photo of Harold, who's kind of this overweight bully character, you know, with the backwards hat, and I look at the, the photo, and I look at the lines, and I'm like, okay, I've been picked on, I've been bullied, I kind of know that bully kind of, you know, physicality and that personality, and... I just kind of come up with Harold's voice on the spot and I go in the room and, and Craig and I just kind of spitball ideas for about 30 minutes. And lo and behold, you know, I end up getting the gig. So that was kind of just how I got Harold. And, um, you know, it was, it was just an amazing experience. It was so fun. It was one of the only cartoons where they would bring in the whole cast to read the script from top to bottom. So they would, uh, Craig and the, and the crew would bring us all in and we would read, you know, from page one to page 40 or page 50 with the whole cast there, which is very rare because typically what they'll do is they'll just bring in, bring us in as an actor and we'll just read our lines and be kind of in and out in 20 minutes, which, you know, of course there's something cool about that as well, but there's really something fun about vibing off the other actors and be able, being able to you know, get that whole experience. And I think that that really brought Hey Arnold to life. Hearing you talk, uh, you know, like here right now, the voice isn't that far off from your normal voice. I don't Hold know. on, Danny. Hey, Arnold, come here, I'll pound you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can I can hear parts of it in your natural voice. Yeah, yeah. Well, which was which was fortuitous for me because a couple years ago they ended up we ended up doing a couple movies and they they brought in the entire cast, the original cast, to re-audition for our voices because it had been so long. And lucky for me, I had kind of lowered my voice a lot when I was a kid to play the 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 bully part. So it wasn't too hard for me to replay Harold. But, uh, you know, I was kind of lucky because a lot of the other actors had used their regular voice and they had changed a lot. You know, they'd gone through puberty, et cetera, and they were recast. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and voice work was something that yeah. has lasted so long as like, hey, Arnold, yeah, I didn't even think about you could get casted out. Oh, yeah. Well, there were five. there were five Arnolds. I mean, there were a lot of characters that were recast. Really? Wow! I guess I never knew that either. That yeah. Is, uh... Yeah. So, they would say like once your voice changes, you're out. So, what side of things did you enjoy doing better back then? Is the actual live acting or doing the voice work? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I would say both. I mean, I love live acting because there's something really fantastic about uh kind of vibing off the other actors and listening to them and speaking back to them and uh being in that moment to moment experience and kind of having the camera on you and the whole crew and the whole cast working with you so i love that uh and then of course voiceover acting is wonderful because you don't have to sit in the makeup and hair chair and you know you have to worry about looking pretty and you know having all the light shine on you and feeling hot and, uh, that whole experience. So they're kind of, it's kind of a win-win. I can't say I like one more than the other. I like them both. Yeah, that that's understandable. It's gotta be hard to choose, uh, there. How about this? I choose, I choose both. <laughs> <laughs> when you uh, first started like, Hey Arnold, did you have any idea that that show was going to blow up? Cause like me and my wife grew up during that time. We both watched that. We've gone back and we've rewatched it with our kids now. 
Awesome. You know, they, they know uh, the show for sure. Cool. Did, did you know at the time that was going to be such a, a big thing? Not at all. Zero. I mean, every, I, I mean, every actor, I don't know what actors say, but you know, you're, 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 first of all, you're grateful to get a job. You know, you feel very lucky to be able to get any job as an actor. And secondly, the idea of a job going past one or two episodes is like thrilling, you know, and then you're just like, Oh wait, hold on. There's more episodes. Oh, this is amazing. Wait a second. We got picked up for another season. This is exceptional. Oh my gosh. I can put, I can put bread on the table and I can, and I have butter too. And you know, I mean, this is amazing. Um, so no, I absolutely no idea that it would turn out to be, uh, you know, the hit that it became, but, um, I don't think any actor does really nobody does because it's, it's, it's creativity, right? You don't really necessarily know what's going to hit with an audience. It's just, uh, it's a bunch of people working really hard, trying to create something together and hope it, hope you connect with, with people. Um, and I know the studios waste, you know, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars every year trying to figure that out. So it did, I didn't definitely did not know, but I, all I knew was that I was grateful to be a part of the experience. I love playing Harold and I love, I, I knew that I was having a ton of fun and the whole cast was amazing and the crew was amazing and it was just a great experience. That's how I kind of looked at it. And it wasn't until many years later, frankly, kind of as an adult myself, when looking back at the episodes that I recognized how incredible they were you know, the, the writing was exceptional. The morals that were in each episode were amazing. The cast, like the, the vibe that we had as a cast was awesome. It was just a really special experience that, uh, you know, you don't necessarily know how that's going to resonate with people as an actor. You're just kind of vibing and experiencing it or as, as an actor or anybody in the creatives kind of, we call it being in the flow, right? You're kind of flowing, you're kind of experiencing it. You're having these wonderful moments. You don't know how that's going to resonate, but looking back on it, I, I realize, wow, that was a very special experience. Yeah. It's a, uh, like I said, the show definitely holds up. And as a parent, I appreciate that because there are certain Nickelodeon shows at that time when I was a kid that came out, you know, I, I go back and I rewatch them with my kids now. And I don't mean to shit on anybody's work, but like Rugrats, for, yeah. for an example. I like that when I was a kid. Now, and, you know, watching it, I'm like, holy shit, this doesn't hold up at all. This is not good. But like when, when me and my wife, we went back and we watched Hey Arnold, you know, it's, it's still funny, you know, and that's as an adult. It, 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 it really I agree. is. You know, it's, it's I agree. Yeah, it really, it really holds up. I was, I, I mean, I watch it all the time. You know, I mean, I just I'm like having fun, and I'll turn it on or I'll catch it, and I'm, I'm shocked about how it holds up and how it kind of translates to the society that you know we're all living in now and what's happening in the world. And I'm just like, wow, this is so freaking ahead of its time, and uh, it's great. It's funny. It's heartwarming. It has a nice morals. There's nothing too like, you know, there's nothing that's uh, that kids couldn't watch that would kind of feel, you know, something that was inappropriate for them. It, everything about it really works so well. I agree with you. Arnold, Arnold, Arnold. <laughs> my my that? wife is spying in on us. <laughs> I was like, wow, you can go really high. <laughs> yeah, man, you would have to come step on my balls for me to get that on. <laughs> uh, well, so, if she, if your wife has any special Harold phrases she wants me to say, I'm happy to do it. I don't know. <laughs> no, see, right. put her on the spot. She freezes up. All right, <laughs> and plus, your kids, if they need a Harold autograph, I'm happy to send them your way. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Awesome. Yeah, I'd of course, love that, absolutely. Actually. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll send you some addresses over to me. I was born Very in cool. 91, so that was my jam. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. That's awesome. 
That is so cool. That is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, man, I'm uh, I'm reading that you did an audio book for Goosebumps. Yes. That's yes. awesome because I was okay. a big fan of Goosebumps. Okay, so you want to? So here's some wild stories, and this is inside baseball stuff. So, um, when I was doing Erie, Indiana in '91, and this is the only reason I know this is because I'm close to the the careers of Erie, which are uh, Carl Schaefer and Jose Rivera, two fabulous writers. Carl um, went on to create a bunch of shows. He he created Z Nation on Sci-Fi, Black Summer on Netflix, and Jose Rivera, the other creator, is a brilliant playwright, um, has been on Broadway. He wrote Motorcycle Diaries, which was nominated for an Oscar. Brilliant writers. So that's the only reason I know this kind of stories. So I was, I was at a party with Jose about two years ago and he was telling me, he's like, did you know that, uh, goosebumps, they wanted Carl and I to write goosebumps, the entire story. They wanted eerie to be goosebumps. And I was like, what really? He's like, yeah, they wanted, they wanted eerie to be goosebumps and they wanted us to write it. And I was like, wow. But for some odd reason, it didn't happen because eerie was canceled after only a year because our time slot sucked. You know, they put us up against 60 minutes at the time, which at that time in 91, 60 minutes when your wife was born, when she was a baby, (laughs) 60 minutes was the number one rated show on TV. And it was a terrible time slot. And there was also a political change at NBC. The president of NBC had been fired and a new president was brought in and like with any corporation, when a new kind of leadership comes in, they want to kind of get rid of all the shows they didn't bring in and bring in all the new shows. So we only had a year run, but um, we would have been goosebumps. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that is that is crazy. Uh, because that's, that, that's that super inside baseball. That's super you know, inside yeah. baseball. Nobody knows that. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, yeah. You were also a part of another one of my favorite TV shows at that time, which was Life of Bluey. Oh, my gosh. One of the best shows ever. Yeah. Oh, love Louie Anderson. Yeah. Freaking Louie Anderson show, is hilarious. He is, that show still holds up, too. Louie sure. Anderson is hilarious. You know what? I, I mean, I love working on that show. I played Grunewald, Louie's best friend, right? The kind of mischievous schmucky best friend who was kind of a punk but cool and then i played glenn glenn who was the bully kind of like a herald guy right so the so you get that I, bully bird a lot <laughs> yeah I, yeah and by the way i'm doing a new which i can finally tell you because they finally said today i'm allowed to say i'm doing a new spider-man cartoon where i play rhino which is super fun who's kind of a bully yeah. kind of guy yeah and no, you have, how old are your kids by the way well, we got uh, Dean's got two girls. Mine are thirteen and sixteen. Yeah, and oh, then I got okay. two boys. Uh, they're eleven and nine. Correct. I forget yeah. it. They're too. They're too old. This is for preschool yeah. kids. <laughs> but you can go check out the YouTube. Um, if you check out on YouTube and you type in Spidey and is it? Well, hold on. I think it's Spidey and his amazing friends. That's the trailer. It comes out in about a month. And I play Rhino, which is really fun. But going back to the question regarding, hit me up one more time. What was the question? I know it was regarding. Thank you. Okay. So Life with Louie. So my favorite portion of Life with Louie was twofold. One was in some scenes, I would play Glenn Glenn and Groomwald. So I would talk to myself because Glenn Glenn and Groomwald obviously were not buddies. Glenn Glenn was the bully and Groomwald was Louie's best friend. And so I would talk to myself, and that was hilarious to be able to do that. <laughs> that was super fun. The second best part of working on that show was coming in after Louis Anderson, because I would always tell my agent, listen, book me right after Louis. Because unlike Hey Arnold, uh, Life, uh, Life with Louis, they'd bring in all the actors separately. We would do our kind of uh, voiceover job, and we'd be out. It was kind of a 20, 30-minute gig. And I would say, Book me after Louis. So Louis would be done. Louis would always have a massive, massive food 
plate around him. I mean, <laughs> he would order the fucking like everything <laughs> under the sun. And of course they had it for him because he's the star and he's hilarious and he's the you know executive producer. And he wouldn't he wouldn't he wasn't able to finish everything because I mean it would be unimaginable. So <laughs> I would go in after Louie and I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm happy to take Louie's scraps. And I would just eat the scraps from Louie and I loved it. <laughs> that is awesome. That's funny. So yeah. when you're recording like that, how often do you spend time with Louie? Well, uh, hold on. You you broke up for a second. I think your question was how long, how often do I spend time with Louie? Was that the question? Yeah. When you guys record like that, do you really see each other all the time no. or is it? No, no. We're all separate, really. I mean, so for most cartoons, you just go in to the studio and you record your portion and that's it. You're done. So, I mean, for Life with Louie, I rarely ever saw the rest of the cast. I would only see the person that was recording before me and sometimes the actor that was recording after me. That was it. I mean, I would see um, Louie because I would usually record after him and he was a total sweetheart and just, I mean, funny as hell. And oh, and more importantly, he had a great food plate so I could kind of <laughs> eat his scraps. And I would see Edie McClurg who played um, – you know, Louie's wife and I knew Edie because we were in acting class together and Edie is Edie pff, hilarious and total, total doll. So I'd see Edie, uh, but that was pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't necessarily see the other actors you're working with in animation. Yeah. That, is that difficult? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Trying to play off of usually, you know, yeah. Like with acting, you, you, you play off of, each other and so it seems like yeah that would be a little bit harder to try to convey the right emotion in that uh, without having somebody there in the room it is you're right that's you're it absolutely is but you get used to it because you just do it for so long what you you end up doing is you end up learning how to direct yourself you end up learning how to listen to what the other actor would say to you like the line before you kind of what their voice would be and how you would respond to that. That's kind of what you, you know, as a professional actor that, and especially for voiceover actor, you just kind of get used to that experience of not having the other actor in the room. Mostly the directors that you work with are fantastic and they feed you that line before you. So you kind of hear the line and you're able to respond to it. But of course, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to hear an actor be able to perform that line, but you just kind of, you get used to it. You know, you get used to it and you're just ready for it. I, I was actually going to ask you about that next. If, if you actually got to have, use recordings with the other actors already, or if that's just somebody else reading you in. And Yeah. It's somebody else reading you in. Sometimes they're not reading you in at all. <laughs> sometimes, oh, really? yeah. Sometimes you're just reading your lines. So a lot of times you'll do three, you know, you'll read your line three times in a row or four times in a row, kind of with different inflections or different motivation to, you know, kind of give the perspective that, you know, whatever your character choice may be. Yeah. But a lot of times you're not hearing anything beforehand. You just have to make the choice. That's kind of what it's like to be an actor. It's tough. <laughs> so yeah. when, you, when you're doing multiple voices, and uh, did you do each of them separately, though? Or then did, did you actually record them bouncing back and forth? Uh, for Life with Louie? No, I would do them all separate. Okay. I mean, I, I wanted to kind of do them back and forth because I just thought it would be kind of funny. But uh, they were like, no, nah, you're doing, <laughs> you know, you're going to do Glenn Glenn and then you're going to do Grimwald, which which makes a lot of sense. When you're doing and working like on a show with animation and you're doing the voice acting, is there any room for like improv with your lines or does that piss off the studios? There is. Uh, well, you know, it's a great question. It depends on the director and it depends on um, the producer, writer, showrunner who's 
on the recording with you. So typically, well, you know, with COVID, a lot of it, we've been recording from home. So I've been recording from home via Zoom and you kind of see the crew, the director, the producer, the showrunner um, on, you know, the, the Zoom. But typically in a studio, and we'll be going back to a studio pretty soon, you know, you're, we're in a recording studio. I'm in, I'm in the booth with the microphone. The engineer comes and sets everything up. And then behind the glass is the director, the producer, the creator, um, the sound engineer. And that's typically it. Maybe a couple other people. Um, and the question was in regards to one more time. Improv. <laughs> There you go. I'm glad you're on your toes, right? That's what improv is yeah. all about. Yeah. So it really depends on who you're working with. I love to improv. So I, I improv all the time, you know, and so therefore it depends on, you know, who the, who you're working with. If they're like, yeah, it's cool. You know, that's fun. That's funny. We'll take it. So a lot of times with animation, you'll do three takes in a row, three takes in a row. So what I'll do is I'll give them one that's straight, meaning like one that's like just as written. Maybe the second take will be as written, but kind of a different motivation. Uh, so it's kind of a different kind of read. And the third take will be uh, what I feel is a good read, but with some improv. So I kind of give them some choices. Okay. All right. Yeah, we, we play in the music world. So when we go into the studio, you like to have a couple of different takes yeah. to work with, you know, that oh, makes okay. sense. What do you guys yeah. do on music? Uh, we, we play in a metal band. D and D is, uh, our band there. So. Awesome. Okay. So, you know, so it's like, you know, exactly. You give it straight and then you get some improv and you kind of, you know, and then the producer or, uh, you know, the, the, um, the decision makers kind of determine what's going to work best for the show. And, you know, especially timing it with, with animation and with any kind of show timing is really important because they have a very limited amount of time to uh, get everything in that they need, you know, for some cartoons are 22 minutes, some are 30 minutes, some are 10 minutes. So they end up cutting a lot out. So you kind of get, kind of give them what they want and then they'll, they'll use what they want and cut the rest. Um, now when you come in and you're doing new characters on a show, do you get ahead of time? Do they, the animation show you like what the character is going to look like? And um, they'll typically give you a drawing. So you'll see a drawing of what they look like and a sketch drawing, but you'll, you'll never see any animation. You'll end up, you know, you do the voiceover way before they do the animation. You do the voiceover a year before they animate it. So they animate it to your voice. But for example, like with when I'm do, I was doing pickups today for a cartoon, they had the animation done, but we had to do some pickups so I could see the animation and then I could do the voice to actual, to actually see the, the character running or talking or whatever it may be, but that's very rare. Usually okay. we do the voiceover way in advance. That's cool. But but you do actually get at least some artwork or something sometimes as far as to see what the the character looks like and then yeah. before you yeah usually oh. they'll give they'll give us um you know one photo of the character but that's about it I mean you kind of kind of use your creativity to figure out what you want to come up with and that's how they decide you know if they want to work with you or not yeah that's what I was gonna just say is uh, the creativity is really cool that. Yeah, it's insane that you really I it's a part that I don't think a lot of people understand with voice acting that uh cuz I always saw that you know you just went in laid it down and it was easy. You got to develop a character pretty much. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to come up with everything. You know, you got to come up with the character, who the person is, their background, their motivation, their relationship with the other characters. You know, whatever it may be, it's an animal, it's an alien, it's a person, you know, it's, that's why I always tell people, it's like a lot of people say, well, you know, I have a great voice and a lot of people come up and say they want to be a voiceover actor and I, I'm very encouraging. I'm like, go for it. 
And I, they, a lot of times people tell me, well, you know, I have a great voice. People say I have a great voice. I'm like, that's wonderful. But it's called voiceover actor. You have to be a yeah. great actor and then you can be an excellent voiceover actor. So, you know, being a great actor is number one, meaning, meaning, you know, you've taken a lot of acting classes and a lot of improv classes and, you know, how to create a character and figure out the emotions and the motivations and all the things that come with being a character. And then you can kind of translate that to being a voiceover, you know, character, whatever that may be. So, so just being able to do neat voices or good impressions isn't, isn't going to cut it. I don't think so. I mean, anybody can kind of do that, right? You know, you can, anybody yeah. can sound like Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt or Jay Leno or whoever it may be. Or, <laughs> well, well, I can't, yeah. Justin, so thanks for that. <laughs> I can't either. But yeah, that doesn't, you know, anybody can kind of do that. It's really about really getting in and understanding the character and the character choices and making those, those bold choices. And that's really kind of what, you know, separates everybody. That's, it's really, that's, you know, that's what voice acting is. It's acting, but there's a, you know, the voice part, the only thing that they don't, the only difference between voice acting and acting is they don't see your face. That's really it. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, um, was there, is there any difference? I doing voice work from, you know, for film or TV, as opposed to, uh, moving into doing video games. Yes, there is. Um, video games are very strenuous. I mean, they're a lot of fun, but they're very strenuous. So a lot of times when you're doing a video game, you're going in there and it's like a four hour session and you're doing your lines, you knock out your lines and then you are doing every single grunt or, you know, being shot or hurling yourself off some cliff that you can even imagine. Um, so with voiceover acting for a cartoon, for example, you're going in there to do your lines, you're done. With a video game, you're going in there to do your lines plus a huge amount of efforts. So it, there is a pretty big difference. Okay. Now, do you, uh, do you ever play any of these games that you've you've worked on? No, I, I should, though. I can't figure out the game. It's too complicated. you got to tell me how to play it. <laughs> no, a couple of these are really good games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've played a few. Yeah, awesome. the L.A. Noir, that one's cool. Yeah, that right. Ace Combat, that's cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, my kids played Lost Planet. Awesome. Yeah, no, I've heard they're cool. <laughs> I saw playing, I played Contra, Super yeah. Mario, <laughs> right? Up, up, down, down. I'm not going to tell you the password. I'm not going to tell you the password. I, um, I know the rest. We, we can talk more not recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Game Boy. Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and uh, now I'm into the metaverse a little bit with NFTs, which is wild. But besides that, like I can't, you know, I mean, I'd love to play these games, but I'm concerned that if I start playing, I may get sucked into a world and I may never come out. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing Major League Baseball earlier on PlayStation 5. And Oh, I sweet. Get, yeah, I didn't get sucked into being a millionaire. So that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that, shit, that shit didn't happen, man. <laughs> the upside is that's the only way I can watch the Lions win the Super Bowl there. So play that out. So uh so you were also in a uh documentary, Bad President. <laughs> what well, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we shot. Uh, no. Yeah, how was that? Oh my gosh, that was fun. So we shot Bad President a couple of years ago in Vegas. It was 120 degrees. Um, we shot in the summer. Eddie Griffin. Oh my gosh, this dude is hilarious. You know who Eddie Griffin is? Yeah, yeah, he is hilarious. I mean, beyond. He's funnier than shit. He is so funny. This dude. He loved me. We loved each other. I mean, we're like <laughs> homies. And we just connected. I mean, he's, he's one of the funniest dudes I've ever met. He would just go on these, talk about improv. 
This guy would improv like you can't even imagine. He would take the script, start saying the lines from the script, and then go off on a tangent for five minutes that was the most butt-gusting hilarity you'd ever heard in your life. You Like you couldn't even – it was so funny you wanted to die. Um, <laughs> and he's and just shooting off the hip. Shooting off the hip, funnier than shit. Loved him. <laughs> Love Eddie. Love the love the the whole cast and crew. We had so much fun. We're just bullshitting the whole time, and uh, yeah, it was fun. You know, I mean, I, I think the film turned out pretty well. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it looks like something that would have been a fun project to work on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just uh, worked on one of my son's favorite new movies, uh, The Mitchells versus the Machines. Yes, that was really fun. I played a lot of the characters in that movie. They brought me in to play. Um, I play a lot of the kids at school. I played. They they bring me in for a lot of these cartoons to play a lot of the ancillary characters. So they don't they don't tell me who I'm going to play. They're just like, okay, can you do this? Yeah. Can you do that? Yeah. Can you do this? Yeah. And uh, that's what I do. So because one of the things <laughs> one of the things you learn as an actor is. If somebody asks you if you can do something, you know what the answer is? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that was a super cute movie. Adorable. Great. I mean, so well written, so well cast. We had a lot of fun working on it. I only worked on it for a week, but it was a blast. And uh, yeah, I mean, I hope we do a sequel. Yeah, it was really funny. My uh, son watched it on his own. He came out. He he wanted to watch it together. I sat down and I enjoyed it, man. I like I like zombie movies. So uh, the whole robot, you know, uh, plot to it was was great. I agree. Yeah, it was super cool. Very well done. Very good. Uh, as I said, I hope they do a sequel and I hope they bring me back. <laughs> did you uh did you enjoy doing the z nation i actually started watching uh a couple episodes of that the other night that was a series that i uh kind of slept on when it came out yes so another inside baseball so z nation was created by carl schaefer who was one of the creators of Erie, indiana and carl and i are buddies Great writer, awesome producer, wonderful guy, just a total doll, lovely man, just fabulous family. I love his entire family. We've been friends for years. And he called me up when I was in New York and he said, hey, I have this, this character. Are you interested in playing it? I said, of course. I mean, uh, the answer, as we talked about earlier, is always, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I came out to uh, Spokane, Washington, a couple hours north of Seattle, and you know we shot this episode. We had so much fun. Oh my gosh, it was a blast. I mean, just a freaking blast. I had a blast. I mean, just so much fun. I was up there for I think ten days working on the episode, and it was really fun. Yeah. So recommend you guys and your audience watching Z Nation. It's a fun show. If you like zombies, you're into it for sure. And so, I get to kill a zombie in my episode, and I live, which is amazing. I, I, I'm okay. trying to to rush through your work here, which is impossible, man, because we Please. only got a, a few more minutes yeah. with you. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool. How'd you get Deadpool? So Deadpool. So I do a lot of voiceover work where. I do what's called ADR, and I don't know if you know what ADR is, but it's um, in every television show and film, they have what's called ADR, and it stands for Additional Dialogue Recording, where they bring in, when the film or television is in post-production, they bring in improvisers like myself to come in and do the voiceover work for a lot of the people in the background. So, for example... If you are watching a scene, let's say you're watching a scene in a bar and on in a film, Deadpool, for example, you're watching Ryan Reynolds and he's at the bar and he's talking to the bartender who was uh, that funny dude from Silicon Valley, right? 
forget his name. Oh my god! I, yeah, me too. My, Love the dude. Okay. He's oh, sure. Funny him shit. Okay, so let's say, okay, so let's just say you're watching. You're we're in the movie. You're watching the movie. You're watching. You're walking. Uh, you're watching Ryan Reynolds talk to the dude from Silicon Valley as the bartender. And behind Ryan Reynolds is a bunch of these big dudes sitting at different tables, you know, talking to each other. The bar is packed. Now, when the director calls action and they're shooting the film in that moment, Ryan Reynolds and I think his name is TJ or something. Yeah, uh, TJ Miller. TJ Thank Miller. you. Oh, yes. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. So the director calls action. Ryan Reynolds and TJ Miller start talking. They're exchanging dialogue. All the people in the background at all of those tables are pantomiming. They are not speaking. Their mouths are moving, but they are not talking. Because if they speak, they are talking over and creating noise over Ryan Reynolds and TJ Miller. And that's a no-no. Because in film and television, sound is the most important thing. You cannot fuck up the sound. So all the people in the background cannot speak when the director calls action. They pretend like they're speaking. So what I do with a lot of other improv actors is we go in and we create dialogue to all those people in the background. So that's what I did on Deadpool. So when you're creating that dialogue, is that like a hundred percent improv then? Yes. That's yes. that could be fun. That could be a lot of fun. <laughs> so yeah, do you, do you just have fun with that sometimes? Create some just nonsense or <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to create a bunch of bullshit, but you kind of have <laughs> to create uh what's going on in the scene. So if it's a bar scene, it's kind of bar dialogue. If it's a hospital, it's doctor dialogue or nurse dialogue. If it's legal, it's law dialogue. You know, you kind of you you, you kind of you know, I'm kind of a master of a bunch of bullshit and a, or a, a you know, a master of, ge of, of generality of a bunch of nonsense and a master of nothing or something to great, something like that. Um, so yeah, you kind of have to be, you want to blend in with the background. So you don't want to create and say stuff that's really going to stick out too much. Cause you don't want to poke out and be too provocative. That's going to, um, you know, kind of overwhelm the main people. Cause frankly, the whole point of what I do with ADR is to kind of blend in the background. You don't really want to notice us. You want to kind of be watching Ryan Reynolds and TJ Miller and be interested in their dialogue and then kind of hear some nonsense in the background, but not really pay attention. If I'm saying stuff that's too provocative or too funny, then that's going to pull, um, it's going to pull away from the main stars and that's not what the producer and director wants. So what is the difference between that and the loop group? That is looping. That is loop okay. group. That's exactly what that is. Yes. Okay. I just noticed that on IMDb, they have it listed as two kind of separate things. So I wasn't yeah. sure. Okay. Got you. All right. So, wow, man, you have done that on some really great work. You know, Scream, Grandma's Boy. Uh, oh, I've done it on, I've done it on hundreds of movies. There's, there's movies, hundreds that aren't listed on IMDb. Hundreds. I've probably done a thousand movies and TV for ADR. Yeah, if not more. That's awesome, man. That is, yeah. uh, it's really cool. Thank it's a you. craft that I, I don't think it, everybody knows exists. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it's, what's a, cool it's a. About. It's a very small niche within the voiceover community, and so it's uh, it's fun, and I'm lucky to do it. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, we appreciate your time, dude. You've been an awesome guest. Absolutely. Uh, best of luck with them auditions. We hope that you got Thank some you. stuff that you can talk about. Hopefully, we can have you back uh, again. We'd love to have you back. For Over sure. all the stuff we didn't get to. Yeah, Let's I mean, holy time. shit, man! Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that we didn't get to ask you. That I... sweet. Well, let's do, listen. Let's do this again. Number one, I'm happy anytime. Number two, if I come out to Nebraska, I want to go to the farm and I want to eat steak 
And number three, <laughs> hit me up before you guys move to LA or you come to LA and we'll hang out and I'll take you on a you know road show of food and we'll go see Dodgers and Lakers. Right on, man. Awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, All that right. That'll be a good yeah. time. Do you have anything real quick before we get off here that you'd like to promote? Or plug social, uh, social media. Media. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, check out Spidey and his amazing friends. It's dropping this summer, which we're already in summer, but in the next couple weeks, it's going to drop on Disney and Disney Plus. Um, I play Rhino, which I'm super excited about. It's adorable cartoon by Marvel, and it's hilarious and it's awesome. So check it out, especially if you have a preschooler. It's targeted towards preschool kids. Super cute. Um, check me out on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Shankaro. You know, I'll, I'll be mouthing off on a bunch of funny stuff. At least I think it's funny. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk about upcoming projects that I got going on. Right awesome. on, man. Right on, dude. Well, thanks for uh, having me on, guys. You guys rock. Hey, thank you I so know, much you're for awesome, doing man. it, man. Thanks for being on. So, best of luck. And, uh, you too. If you got anything else that comes up, shoot me a message, dude. And I'll I will. totally promote it here. So I appreciate that. I definitely will. And you guys uh, you guys rock, and we'll stay in touch. Awesome. Right. Thanks, Justin. Have Take a great care, Thank really. you. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye.